Welcome. We got a lot of show today. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. A lot on the agenda. Breaking down news of the day. We have Miss Kyla Frank, Unpack PAC, National Student Organizing Manager and Rebel HQ contributor. Top story of the day. Okay. Former director of an ethics organization has now been arrested for stealing money from an ethics organization representing the police and other constitutional authorities, such as sheriffs. All right. So let's put her picture up for a mask, her latest photo shoot from the county jail. Georgia Bureau of Investigation. They have now charged this woman with stealing from an organization that promotes ethical standards for law enforcement, for courts, and for tax commissioners. The GBI arrested 42-year-old Melissa Branyan Tolbert. Ms. Tolbert is the former director of the Constitutional Officers Association of Georgia. She faces five counts of felony theft by taking. Sources told Fox 5 Atlanta News. She is accused of taking around $100,000 from the organization. The GBI said officers of COAG reported that Ms. Tolbert made multiple unauthorized transactions while employed with the organization. From May 2018 to June 2022, the GBI said she had access to the stolen funds while with COAG. COAG has been made aware of the arrest of Melissa Tolbert earlier today with five counts of theft by taking, according to the current president, Cindy Cannon. She said this on September 27th. COAG has been working closely to assist the GBI with the investigation. At this time, we are not able to discuss specifics due to the ongoing investigation. There's more. COAG's purpose, what is their purpose? They're supposed to serve as a unified voice for constitutional officers in Georgia. That includes clerk of superior court, judge of probate court, sheriff and tax commissioners. Now. Let me go ahead and state the obvious. Is it not ironic that the person in charge of promoting ethics, responsibility, good governance as it relates to money is stealing money as the head of the organization? But remember, she is representing the police. Why does she think she could do this without any penalty, without any repercussion? Well, maybe she thought she was the police herself. Because I guarantee you, if she were a cop, this probably would not have panned out the same way. But no, madam, you represent the police. You are not the police. You cannot get away with murder, I mean theft. All right, very interesting story. It continues to develop. No response on record from Ms. Tolbert, but we are expecting one very soon. Kyla, thoughts here? So first and foremost, she looks really good in orange and I hope she stays in that color for a while. Um, but yeah, shame on her for exploiting her position and creating the very problems that she's meant to solve. And it just makes me wonder what procedures were in place to actually prevent this kind of thing, these kind of you know um, situations from happening. The fact that she was able to steal for four years 
four years this is flying under the radar. And so it makes me question the entire department and what they're doing to kind of prevent these crimes. Yeah, you cannot help yourself to a self-induced raise. That's not how this works. All right, we're gonna continue to follow, bring you updates as they come. I do not believe she acted alone, all right? So I'll bring you updates as they develop. Um, yeah, Bishop Bling, you know our favorite live streaming preacher who was robbed while preaching on television. And then later after that, uh, ended up choking a woman on live stream. Well, some decent news for this preacher. The people who robbed him, according to the report, they have not been arrested. Okay, let's bring the video back, give you a reminder. How many of you have lost your faith because you saw somebody else die? What you about to go through? Yo, yo, all right, 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 all right, right, yo, all right, all right. And then there was another video where he was preaching and he ended up grabbing a woman during his live broadcast. Let's put up his picture full mass here. Two of the three individuals who robbed his church, which by the way was a shameless act. Two out of three individuals have now been arrested. Bishop Lamore Whitehead commended law enforcement in a press release and saying in the statement, quote, today is the start of healing. I would like to thank my supporters and hope those that did not believe in my innocence will understand that I along with my family and church are the victims and not the villains. Okay, well in this case, for sure your church, you, your wife, the families who were in that congregation, they were victimized by these robbers, I agree with you preacher. Now there is at least one former congregant who says that you are the villain that is on the record. In addition to that, I do hope you take my advice, dear brother, and hire you at least one damn security guard. It doesn't make sense to preach with a million dollars worth of jewelry, however much you had on you. And you do not have one security guard after you were robbed the first time, okay? All right, the arrest, let me give you background on Wednesday, September 28th. The DOJ released a statement saying after an indictment was unsealed, Juwan Anderson and Saquon Pollock, both 23 years old, were charged for their role in the armed robbery of Bishop Lamore Miller Whitehead at the Brooklyn branch of the Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministry. The third defendant remains at large and the DOJ was clear that the charges in the indictment are allegations. Earlier, remember earlier in the month, let's put up a picture. Earlier in the month we covered this, this was another Dust up for Bishop Whitehead inside of his church when he grabbed a woman by the neck, by the back of her neck, accusing her of attacking his wife. She denies the claims. Here's some of that video. Now let's give Jesus a round of applause. While they take pictures and they want to be on social media, take the pictures, take the pictures, take the pictures, take the pictures, take the pictures. Go over here, go over here, grab her, grab her out, grab her out. Now you gonna grab, grab her out, grab her out, grab her out, grab her out. Get downstairs, grab her, grab her, grab her, grab her, grab her. Press whatever charge you want. 
You're not going to come in my space. I feel threatened. Amen? Amen. You didn't say that to the last people that came up in your space. You, you didn't have that energy for them at all, preacher. There's more. Let's put up a picture again. Um, her name is Tarsha, all right? Tarsha Howard. They were actually both arrested, her and the bishop. They were taken to the NYPD or arrested by the NYPD. Howard, however, was the only one arrested and charged for anything afterwards. Both were detained, but Miss Howard was charged. She was accused of trespassing and disrupting a religious service. But if you remember, Howard says she did not go to the church to be disruptive, but to do research for an upcoming book on charismatic leaders in the black community. She and her lawyers believe the bishop should face charges for assaulting her. Now remember, he's good friends with the mayor of New York. Let us not forget that. He endorsed the mayor of New York and has multiple pictures with him and the current mayor at various events, okay? After the robbery went viral, there was a backlash against the pastor and this incident. Much of the controversy over him is not only about his designer clothes and luxury cars, but his criminal past and current lawsuit where a 56 year old immigrant woman says he took her life savings and then decided to renege on a promise to pay her a secure or secure house. Pauline Anderson alleged that in November 2020, her bivocational pastor who doubles as a real estate agent, Bishop Bling, told her she would help her fix her credit so that she could live her dream. That's what he said to her. She gave him a high five figure cashier's check and he allegedly agreed to pay $100 a month to help her budget. I want you to think about this now, okay? According to her narrative, the preacher said, give me all this money. What I'm going to do is give you $100 a month. This is gonna help you budget your money better. You know what that's called? And I don't give a damn uh, preach if you tag me on your little uh, Instagram live again. That's called Jesus pimping, okay? That's what that's called. However, he only gave her the $100 allowance one time in January of 2021. So naturally she filed a lawsuit in 2021 with the Brooklyn Supreme Court stating, and I quote, Whitehead fraudulently induced Ms. Anderson to liquidate her entire life savings to pay him the, and I quote, investment of $90,000, damn near 100 grand. Promising to use the funds to purchase and renovate a house for her in the lawsuit. She also has screenshots of the bishop telling her if she did not have a receipt, her money was considered a donation. The bishop wrote in a text exchange on May 19, 2021 to Anderson. And for the record, anything that was given to me as a donation, unless it's attached to a contract, I was making investments. That's what I do. Let me say, let me say this, all right? I don't like people that take advantage of people. Now I'm contextualizing this in the proper format. The woman said what she said. There's an allegation on the record. There are text messages, screenshots provided. Now preacher, let's be very clear. There are people that support you, I get that. I'm not one of them, okay? 
But I guarantee you this, brother, if you do that live mess you did again, it's gonna be me and you right here. And I invite you, you come to the bullpen anytime you choose to. Invite has been given, man enough, accept it. Come to the show, stop tagging me on social media. All right, Tyler, what are your thoughts here? So first and foremost, I believe that no one deserves to be, you know, robbed and like, you know, um, be threatened. Um, and so I definitely, my heart goes out to his congregation and his family. But also, do I believe in divine intervention? I don't know, but maybe that's at work. That's at work right here. You know, God did say, "Let vengeance be mine," and whether it's vengeance or karma, He got what was coming to Him. And let me just be really clear that the Bible does state that it is harder for a rich man to inherit the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to fit in the eye of a needle. And this pastor should really reflect on the on the word that he preaches because clearly he is not living his life right. And maybe that's why he didn't get that protection when they rolled up on his pulpit and robbed him. And so whether he wants to put that on his life or not, he definitely has a lot of self reflection to go through. And it is very frustrating to see that you know he is taking advantage of people who are coming to him for guidance. All right, <clears throat> and once again, uh, Bishop, my offer stands. Bring your ass up on the show, defend the position. Let's talk about it openly, see how you respond to that. I would love to see that. <laughs> All right, a woman finally now is suing over a violent arrest. She was pregnant during this time. Let me go to the video and give you the background to this insanity. Here it is. What's that? What's that? I'm coming to pull you over. What's that like? Okay, do you want to get started today? Because you're already you're off on already, a bad path. You're already mad. I did. I did. I don't have one with me. I have to go out and get it. You got your ID? Yeah. Okay. That don't make no sense. Is that why you pulled us over? Yes, you know it is. Guess that's why I turned oh, around on you. And you. Yeah, I just bought 45. this tape. I believe it's going to be a Mitchum trailer parking. By the way, that doesn't fix it. So. Okay, well, it still works. What's your name? It doesn't fix it. What it do you mean? Not. You have to get red tape does not fix it. Still that makes sense. It does not work. I'm telling you. I haven't work. got. We haven't got. What's your name? What's your name? Wait a minute. First of all, what's the matter? Stop. He has an attitude. Of what do you mean, stop? What do you okay, mean, stop? Go you're going right over there. Yes, you, you do have to say something to me. No, you're staying right here. Why do I have to stay? Because I'm telling you to. You don't have to talk to me like that. I'm, Why I'm you telling, this I am telling well, you, stay right here. I ain't going to right here. Don't okay. even say nothing else. And I'm not saying What's your name? Nothing else, he What's your name? Driving, What's your name? No, I watched you get out of the driver's seat. You are driving. What's your name? If you do not ID me, if you do not ID yourself, you're going to jail. Does that make sense? If you do not ID yourself. is my name. Okay, go ahead and turn around for me. She's pregnant. No, 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 Let's put up a picture of what this coward cop did to a woman that was never to be arrested. Louisville, Kentucky. 
That's where this happened. A lawsuit has now been filed in federal court after this woman was pushed to the ground, handcuffed in her own driveway, in her own driveway. While six months pregnant, she was noticeably pregnant. Her name, Alicia Boy, was later treated for a major gash on her forehead. The incident occurred earlier this year in February. Let me give you more background. The body worn camera footage shows the pregnant woman and her mother begging the officer who decided to attack her to stop because she was with a child. Vanessa Jenkins tried to pull tried to pull off the deputy and wrapped her arms around her daughter, whom the deputy had threatened to tase. Both women were charged with assault of the lawman. Let me be very clear here. This is such a horrible position for a mother to be in. This mother who does not have the physical strength, probably does not have the endurance, decided to act in a way that was instinctive to the protection of her daughter and the grandchild. This cop put this mother and her daughter in this situation. No de-escalation. They're trained on de-escalation. Once again, policy eaten up by culture. It doesn't matter what the policy says, look at what the culture did. Court documents show. The McCracken County Deputy John Hayden took the woman straight to jail, took them straight to jail instead of a hospital. Even though the young lady was bleeding from her forehead and complained of pain. The pregnant black woman only 24 years of age was later transported for medical medical care only after a jail nurse took one look at her and demanded that she be taken to an emergency room. Hayden claims in his arrest report that the two women were, and I quote, verbally aggressive. Whoa, where's that in the statutory code as illegal? Black women being aggressive, my goodness, you must arrest them. Why? Because you wear that badge, sir, not in the space of honor, but you wear the badge as the first people did. Who were the first ones to wear that badge? Slave patrol, slave patrol. That's the spirit you wear that badge in. And you got upset because black women had the audacity to tell you the truth about yourself. There's more. Complaining about being approached at home over a minor traffic violation. Hayden claims he arrested the pregnant woman because she refused to identify herself and he had to grab her wrist to gain control. That's a lie. You heard her clearly say what her name was, did you not? The police report has a lie. Will it be arrested for that lie? It is a crime. He can be arrested for a felony statute. There's more. The complaint accuses Hayden of assault, excessive force, and failing to render aid to the bleeding pregnant woman. It names the county and its sheriff also. It lists other incidents of excessive force by that same exact department. You have a systemic issue here. Both women have pleaded not guilty. They have been released on bond. They are scheduled to go to trial for the criminal case in the month of November. We're gonna give you updates to that. The lawsuit is seeking monetary damages that will be determined by a jury and attorney's fees. The pregnant woman has a scar on her head from the incident. That scar will go nowhere. 
thankfully, her baby is healthy according to the reports. Put up the face now of this ridiculous insanity, okay? Ryan Norman is the sheriff. The sheriff decided not to punish Deputy Hayden because according to the sheriff, according to the sheriff, the response to resistance that Deputy Hayden was forced to use was investigated and there was no policies or procedures that were found to be violated. The lawsuit also alleges that Hayden's behavior is encouraged because the county sheriff's office through its customs, policies and proper training and total lack of accountability not only endorses such behavior, but actually encourages it. And I agree with the council on this. This is an issue that rolls directly from the top and it starts with that man right there at the sheriff. All right, we're gonna continue to follow this story. Unfortunately, the women now have to go to trial because of an out of control cop in their own yard on their own property for a minor traffic offense. My dear sister, what are your thoughts here? This is sickening. I need everyone to understand that the police have a monopoly on violence and abuse of power that no amount of training, budget increases or reforms can fix. They are allowed to enact brutality without any real accountability to the um, and to the victims or the communities they are supposed to serve. And I also want to note that we have seen no outcry from these so-called pro-lifers when police assault pregnant women that could risk the life of the child. And that's where we see you know, pro-life and the intersectionality of the blue thin line and how yeah. those things cannot go together. And so I need people to really wake up and understand that police are not here to protect people and especially not black people. And let me remind everyone because you hit on a great point, dear sister. Where's the pro-life crowd at? Mm-hmm. Where are the conservatives? who believe that the child is a child inside of the wound rather than at birth. Where are the pro-life advocacy groups or the political conservative movement? Where are they at in this case? Nowhere to be heard, they are backing the police in this situation, all right? That fetus could have been harmed terribly. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Always good to be with you. Thank you for always joining the conversation as well. Let me remind everyone, Mississippi, all right? Mississippi, our brothers and sisters in Mississippi. They have been intentionally left behind with a crisis that's unsolved, but we can help. I want you to go to tyt.com forward slash relief to make a contribution to the National Clean Water Collective for clean water and testing kits to help our brothers and sisters in Jackson, Mississippi. Again, that's tyt.com forward slash relief, tyt.com forward slash relief. Now, according to the narrative, there's clean water. That's not all the way true, it's spotty. Water pressure has been returned according to the narrative, not all the way true. It is still not where it should be. Literally, we have an entire city in the United States of America that did not have any water to drink just a few weeks ago. Now they have some water to drink, but it's still not 100% solved. And no explanation fully from the organization, the private company that oversaw the operation. But we can help, all right, we'll dig into what happened. We'll dig into the policy aspect of it, but right now the house is on fire. You don't need an arson investigator, you need somebody with a water hose, okay? So now we are coming in to try to resolve the right now problem. 
All right, we got a lot of comments. Let me read as many as I can. Make see the silver hair dragon. Um, laughing my F and A off, can't help myself. The head of ethics stealing from the ethics org. Oh, the irony, she must be a right winger. How do you think she got the job? Okay, all right, uh, Connor, my wife's pregnant and I can say if someone arrested her that violently knowing she was pregnant, there'd be two of us going to jail uh, and I would be filing suit, that's correct. TD, thank you so much for this TD. Uh, she, uh, TD says, thank you for your work in the community. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for being supportive of that work and for all you do. All right, C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. Uh, Dr. Richard, if this pastor comes to the bullpen, ask him how much of his money has he donated to the poor community that his church is in. The robbers were robbing the robber, is what C. Michael says, all right. Um, Lucian, the dark fire king. Bishop Bling, thinking he got Steve Harvey levels of swag and energy wearing that suit. Dude ain't even got a pimp called Slick Back Energy. Okay, James called, thank you for that, James. Um, not a few bad apples, a disease in the orchard. Thank you, Jerome Crawford, welcome to Indisputable, we appreciate you. Uh, Key to Boot Forever, member for four months, four months, thank you so much, we appreciate that. Dr. Richie, you're the best, always very thorough. I really loved having the doctor on the bullpen to help break down Karenicity the other day. Only you coming with the real useful information to help the antiquas of the world. Well, we do what we can, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free. She's a dumb immigrant bitch. Go ahead, record it, bitch. Oh, 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 you're Chinese. Race, race, sir. Yeah, look, this is my daughter. Okay, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me give you background to this before I do that. Let's put up this Karen full mass who decided to be racist full mass, okay? According to the victim of this aggression, she stated and I quote. So today, my mom and I were victims of racist hate and harassment. My mom and I finished parking our car. When a girl recklessly reverses her car in front of ours and gets out and throws a fit, demanding that this spot is hers and that we move back. She's yelling and cursing at my mom and states her boyfriend is a cop and that she's not to be messed with. Then her mother walks over from somewhere and identifies herself as a cop and begins to intimidate my mom stating, you trying to hit a cop right now? Okay, well it looks as if she's not a cop, which by the way is illegal to represent that you are when you are not. That is an immediately arrestable offense, there's more. That's when I started recording where she's shown throwing racial slurs at us and saying we need to go back to our country. She also threatened to find our house location based on our license plate. The fact that people are impersonating a cop to intimidate others and then to throw racial slurs is not acceptable. I'm upset 
I was only able to get a mere harassment report out of this and not much more could be done. Well, you know what? We are the much more, the great equalizer right here, indisputable. It is sad that conflict happens, but inevitable. We're on a human journey together. What's not to be tolerated is racial hate. And that's exactly what this Karen showed to you. And because of that, we provide a mirror to this Karenicity, a mirror for reflection and correction. My dear sister, what are your thoughts here? First and foremost, I feel so horrible for the mother and daughter who had experienced that vitriol of racism. That is completely unacceptable. And I hope that woman and her daughter are found. I don't know what the cop boyfriend is doing or whether he actually exists or not, but I hope he comes and like takes them into the county jail because that is completely despicable. It's harassment and they should be held accountable by the law. Yeah. All right. We're going to continue to follow this one because naturally, if you're impersonating a cop in order to weaponize that impersonation, that's a dangerous thing. I got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. What happened? Police are coming? Why? Because you're riding the bike on the track. It, it, I don't think it matters though. I'm just trying to go, I'm just, I'm just trying to go play soccer. Hi, um, we've got a kid riding a bike on the track up at uh, Edison High School. I think they got better things to do. Is that against the rules of school? Karen, bro. Karen. Oh my nope. god. Oh my god. Karen, bro. Does it really matter? She's really calling the feds, Seven bro. Three. She really calling the feds because I have a bike. The feds? It's the county police. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're so funny. I'm walking on the track, and he's riding his bike, and he won't leave. And it's against the school rules. It's against, is, is there school? Like, is school going on? I'm so confused. Uh, how old are you? Uh, this is why. 14, 12, 14. Karen, why in the hell are you on the campus? Do you have a visitor's pass? I'm a former high school principal. These things are violations of the school rule. Uh, we need to go ahead and call the police on you for violating the school rule. Why are you there? He's a student. There's more. Okay, thanks a lot. They're on their way. Really? Wow, you're just wasting the time. That's crazy. I'm not wasting my time. I got all the time in the world. That's crazy. You're I'm wasting your time because you're breaking the law. Where, you go to school here? Where does it say? Where does it say that? I've walked here for years and years. It's against the law of the school That's, to ride your bike here. I don't give a don't trust you. I don't want you to say something that I didn't do. You know, like if I turn my back, I don't trust you. What? I have no reason to trust you. Crazy. I'm about to go talk to the feds, you know, like it's feds. What are you talking about feds? It's not the feds. Okay. Why would you care about the feds? Are you worried about being arrested by the feds? What'd you do? You sound stupid right now. I think somebody's worried about something. Why, you think I have something on me? I don't know, why would you worry about the feds? It's the county police.
Ma'am, feds is a terminology utilized by young people to signify all members of law enforcement. You did not catch onto that at all in that conversation. No, it is not against the school law. It is not against the statutory code to have a bicycle on the track. Maybe it's a policy no no, but you call 911. You called the police. Now you admitted, Karen, that he may be 14 or 12, you don't know, but you decided to call a gun on a teenager or maybe even a preteen. You're not sure, but you needed a gun to respond. He wasn't bothering you. He did nothing criminal against you, but you decided to call a gun on a child on a bicycle. The police arrived. Here it is. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just here playing soccer. And she, I'm here just playing soccer and like, she just came up to me. She's like, you can't ride the bike. And I was like, I come here every day, I practice. That's it, like, I didn't do anything wrong. I literally just crossed my bike across there and she's like, come here. I have like video proof and all that. This young person is a smart cookie and he said it correctly. I don't trust you, Karen. I need to record to protect myself. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what the young man said. Very smart. Let's put up a picture of this Karen. As I said, Karen's are dangerous. The Karenicity in this one runs deep. According to commenters, this incident occurred two years ago at Thomas Edison High School, Fairfax County, Virginia. We have never been able to identify this actual Karen on the loose. If anybody knows who this Karen is, please do an intervention quickly before something bad happens. And she actually gets someone not only arrested, but worse. All right, Kyla, thoughts here. I'm just like, why do you need the whole track to yourself? Like, why can't you just mind your business? Maybe she needs all that room to like, you know, have her ego, room for her ego. Um, but it's just completely ridiculous, a complete waste of taxpayer money. And I just feel like Karens, they always have like these three inherent things um, that define their Karenicity, which is entitlement, the fact that they can never mind their business. And they are just so anti fun and not chill. Like, oh my God, like, walk away. You have the entire other uh, rest of the track to walk on and, and, you know, go about your day. Yeah. Ridiculous, completely ridiculous. If you're the person who never gets an invite <laughs> to the party or on a Friday night, if you're that person, that means your friends have determined that you are caring. Okay. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me say this I have not talked about it during this week of broadcasting, really. But we've been nominated in two categories best TV anchor and best radio personality. Very thankful for the opportunity. I'm actually in St. Louis this Monday being inducted into the National Black Radio Hall of Fame with Reverend Aaron Sharpton and Angela Yee from The Breakfast Club. Now, let me give you some background to this poll. Um, you all can vote, last day of voting is today. I would greatly appreciate your support. Last year, if you remember, we were nominated for best TV, right? We were nominated. I do believe we won. The reason I believe we won is because they decided not to publish who won best TV anchor. And 
you all were very supportive uh, during that time. I'm going to ask that you be very, very supportive today. So you can vote, it's real simple, real easy. You can go to vote.atlantamagazine.com, vote.atlantamagazine.com. Scroll down to media and sports, click there. Scroll down to radio or best TV anchor, click there. You can write my name in where it is provided. I definitely appreciate the opportunity. We don't do this for awards, recognition. Those things are not important, respect is, but those things are not, all right? I appreciate you in advance. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. Lynn says, hey, track Karen, stop saying he's breaking the school law. They're called school rules. You know, they always embellish, right? Oh, they're breaking the school law, right? What? At some point, an operator is going to have to say, madam, this is a 1014. And the Karen will say, what's the 1014? Uh, Karenicity. You're engaging in a Karen report right now. All right, we're not going to take it seriously. Early Bird 42, thank you, Early Bird. Me and my dogs were harassed by a Karen couple yesterday. Thanks, Indisputable. I was prepared to handle the situation tactfully. Thanks, Doc and crew. Early Bird, we are appreciative of that update. Part of the reason we bring you the segment. Next time, though, make sure you record it, send it to me directly, okay? All right, we appreciate you. See, Michael Henson, thank you again, see, Michael. Karen could have ran or walked a couple of laps in the time she was, she wasted calling the police. She actually looks like she was auditioning for gym teacher. Maybe that's the issue. That's hella funny. Okay. All right. I got something for everybody. This is a doozy. Anti Karens unite. You're screaming at employees at Walmart. Get out of here. That's racist. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. Here we go. Look at this guy. Come on, you mouthy bitch. Look at you. Look at you, you little bitch. You're a Republican. You're probably a Democrat. Are you an idiot? You've had an abortion. My brother? Your mother. My mother? Your brother. I thought you were a Republican. I thought you were a Republican. You don't believe in abortion. Try again, bud. You skank. Oh, oh, I'm so mad. I'm gonna hit you. What the f are you talking about? You're twice my size, you dumb. Is this my camera? Is this my video? Daddy, stop it, Daddy! Daddy! Oh, I love your shoes. What are those? What are those? Legendary anti-Karen trolling. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's tempting. Do not try this at home. This is left up to experts only. Do you understand what it takes to get to this level of trolling against the Karen? Okay, this is dangerous stuff here. But she pulled it off. Let's put up the picture. I want to buy that person a drink or whatever the hell she likes. That's her and the anti-Karen. That's the anti-Karen and the Karen, excuse me. This was a feat in trolling. This is another way we have seen. A lot of anti-Karens on the program trolling the Karen has not been part of the top or the top of the agenda of anti-Karens. However, it was an effective tool. I want to say thank you, madam, for putting in so much work, editing the video, 
engaging as you did and giving us a hell of a laugh today. Hats off to you. My dear sister thoughts. Truly iconic. Um, right. I love the what are those at the end. And yes. I need everyone who like can remix a video, please remix it. Put a little music in the background. I need, I need it, I need it, I need it desperately. So if you are one of those people, please, please, please post on Twitter immediately. I will give you a retweet. Again, truly uh, generational defining. Yeah, really is, all right. Okay, uh, Brett Favre accused of stealing even more money. Uh, remember, we reported on Brett Favre being involved in a scandal from the state of Mississippi, where money was taken from, well, the welfare budget. Yes, Brett Favre is a welfare king. He was questioned by the FBI because of this. Nothing happened as far as criminal indictment or investigation as we can tell, as far as we can tell. But there's more, let's put up his picture full mass, I'll be damned. Brett Favre's charity donated to University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation while he pushed for state funds as well. That's part of the scheme. Brett Favre's charity is called Favre for Hope. Donated more than 130,000 to the University of Southern Mississippi Athletic Foundation from 2018 to 2020. Now, you may be saying, well, this seems perfectly okay, right? There's more. According to tax records obtained by ESPN, during the same period, Favre was trying to raise money for a new volleyball stadium at the university where he played football and his daughter was on the volleyball team. Funds for that stadium are under scrutiny in the largest public fraud case in Mississippi state history. It also involved the former governor of Mississippi and other government employees of Mississippi. We read you the text messages. We provided the proof that Brett Favre, when he said he wasn't really that involved, damn lies. I get it, Brett Favre has a lot of fans. I'm not talking about his athleticism, I'm talking about his lack of integrity and ethical standards. There's more. Background of the charity, now I'm about to give you the meat on the bone here. Far for Hope, the nonprofit organization, whose mission statement says it provides support for disadvantaged and disabled children and breast cancer patients. This is very important. That is what the organization is approved to do. They receive public donations. Tax records show that in 2018, the foundation gave the USM Athletic Foundation $60,000. Every other organization received $10,000. In 2019, the USM Athletic Foundation received $46,817. The next highest donation to the Special Olympics of Mississippi was only $11,000. The next year, Far For Hope donated $26,175 to the USM Athletic Foundation, while no other organization received more than $10,000. Wait a minute, Brett. You told us this money was for this, however you're using it for that. Is this an issue? Is there a problem here? Yes, let's talk about motive for the donations, all right? Between 2011 and 2017, the year his daughter enrolled at USM, Favre for Hope gave the Athletic Foundation a combined $47,900 Tax records, however, mysteriously not available for 2016. and 2015, when Favre's daughter played volleyball at Oak Grove High School, 
His foundation gave the school's booster club $60,000 according to tax records. In 2013, the booster club received $10,000 from Far For Hope. Once again, that's not what you said the money was going for, sir. You said, here's what the money will be used for. But instead, according to tax records, the money has followed your daughter. Now, I'm not upset about you paying for things that your daughter is connected to. I would do the same thing, but I'd be damned if I raise money for a nonprofit under a false pretense allegedly, and then give that money to organizations that benefit my family. And what do you call that, Brett? You think that's fair? You think that's equitable? You think that's transparent? You already took money from Mississippi, the poorest state in the United States of America, took a cool million dollars from them, provided no work according to the narrative. There's more, the watchdog group Charity Watch. So ESPN that groups like Farb for Hope have an ethical obligation. This is what they're saying, Brett, ethical obligation to spend the funds based on what the donors intended. If the charity, direct quote, if the charity told donors it was raising money for breast cancer, but then spends the resulting donations on an athletic facility, the people running the organization are not fulfilling their obligations to spend the nonprofit's donations the way its donors intended. Charities are not personal piggy banks for their founders to tap for their pet projects. Let me compare something here, Mr. Farr. I've been talking about Steve Bannon, who had a similar scheme. He raised money through a nonprofit, told the donors he was going to use it to build a wall. But instead funneled that money to other organizations overseas. And eventually that money ended up back into his hands. It benefited him. Let me go back to the welfare scandal surrounding Brett Favre. Favre, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is involved in a sprawling investigation into Mississippi's welfare spending. He received $1.1 million in speaking fees for appearances he allegedly never made, according to a state auditor. This is a state official saying Brett Favre broke the law. He said he did not know where the funds came from and paid the money back. <laughs> Brett, you get 1.1 million, you just magically don't know where it came from? That was a lie, we have the text messages proving that now. Though the state is still seeking $228,000 in interest, text messages show Favre, was also involved in diverting at least $5 million in welfare funds to the volleyball stadium. Once again, the benefit of his family. Now damn, Brett, look at you, man. You make so much money, you have made a massive killing. Being a sports legend, being a promoter for different products, being an endorser for folks to consume. Certain things, right? That wasn't enough. You couldn't use your own money for your own child. Shame on you. Taking money away from poor people in Mississippi. Shame on you for not standing up and admitting to your mistakes and your flaws, sir. Now, other people in media are afraid to do this story. I am not. Other people in media are afraid of the backlash from your fans. I am not. Sir, do the right thing here. All right. What are your thoughts, sister? 
I, I agree with you completely. Shame on this man, shame, shame, shame for again, taking money from the most disadvantaged people in this state. But I also want people to realize and I want people to get just as outraged as they would if someone um, you know, stole a car or stole from CVS. Like we you know mm, we see so mm, many stories from different news outlets covering like, you know, people stealing from stores and like these small petty crimes. Let's get into the real big dogs. Let's get into the people who are spit um, stealing millions and millions of dollars from the literal pockets of people. People who are um, Let's talk about you know the millions of dollars he's stealing from his donors who want their money to go to help people. So um, I this is why I really appreciate your show, Dr. Richie, and I think you you definitely deserve to win. Is because you covered the truth, you speak truth to power, and you um, shine a spotlight on the people who are doing the most egregious of crimes in this uh, this country. This is I appreciate that. Um, I'm just trying to do the right thing, and let me say this for the record: all of a sudden. Magically, Republicans no longer are concerned about abuses to welfare systems. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Welcome back. We have a lot of show left. I'm pressed for time. Let me read a couple of comments. Connor says, I love how this anti-care trolled him so hard he was basically speechless. He should stand there like does not compute. Thank you, anti-Karen. That was classic. It really was. I mean, yeah. See Michael Henson. Thank you again, see Michael. Laughing my butt off. What are those? Classic, isn't it? Yeah. Never get so. Dragon Pool. Thank you, Dragon Pool. Uh, I live in Louisville and Farm. I used to be my favorite football player. Today is a sad day. Also, I was recently a security guard and can attest to cops bias. Well, thank you for that um, affirmation. All right. Um, very sad situation. Cops are now being sued for tasing a black male while he was already completely restrained. Here's a video. Let's go. Yeah. You want to go? Yeah. You want to go? We can go. You want to go? Yes. Let's go. Do it again. Do it again. Let's go. Chump. You didn't do nothing, man. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. I ain't. Yeah. Take me out. You ain't nothing. Look at that, he was completely restrained. Put up the screenshot of all of these cops who just wanted to punish somebody who decided to be verbal. Again, the black man you saw getting tased, Mr. Travis Cole was fully 100% restrained. When White Boulder County Sheriff Sergeant decided to use a taser on him. Cole alleges race was a motivating factor in the decision to use excessive force. Incident took place on the night of September 21st, 2020 at the Boulder County Jail and has left that man, Travis Cole, traumatized. 
and extremely distrustful of law enforcement. Let's put up a picture of Sergeant Christopher Mecca. He's the one who deployed the stun gun. He resigned in lieu of termination, but was arrested. What was he arrested on? Misdemeanor counts of third degree assault and official misconduct, that is it. What you saw was felony activity. Those were felonies that you saw in front of you. He was allowed to resign, not fired. And then they charged him with misdemeanors and official misconduct. A jury convicted him December 2021 and he was sentenced to probation. No jail time for terrorizing an individual who was restrained. Cole's attorney, Mary Newman, said it was a failure of training on the part of the department and Mecca superiors for allowing unconstitutional conduct to occur. Mecca made a conscious decision to use force in a way that he thought he could get away with, Newman said. He took Travis race into account when deciding what kind of excessive force to use against him. Um, And I agree with the attorney. Now remember also, all of those cops standing around, they had a duty to intervene by the way. Have they been arrested? No, have they been charged with crimes? No. They allowed another human being to be brutally assaulted, to be attacked criminally by one of their own. Why? Because that person had on a uniform. I guarantee you, if it would have been me or you doing something like that, we would have all been arrested. But the rules are different, right, for police officers. Before his encounter with law enforcement, Cole of Rogers, Arkansas, said he had been drinking to celebrate his birthday with his then girlfriend of Longmont, Northeast of Boulder. At the time, he was considering moving to Colorado. But when the pair began arguing that night, police were called. Cole was arrested on a DV charge and transferred to the Boulder County Jail. Newman said that the charge in this case was actually dropped. The Boulder County Sheriff's Office said that Cole was intoxicated and had been physically combated. So he was not physically combative inside of a restraint chair. It was restrained with the arresting officers that night, according to the report at the jail. He was strapped in the chair. He told NBC News that the officers started being rough with him by pulling and grabbing his neck. And that the and that Mecca, the sergeant, looked at him strangely and provoked him with name calling. According to the lawsuit, Mecca taunted Cole as the other deputies restrained him in the chair. Cole could be heard in the video saying, let's go repeatedly with Mecca responding, you want to go. And then what did Mecca do? He decided to tase a man who was completely 100% utterly defenseless. And then gets arrested for a misdemeanor for breaking the law. Yeah, all right, this is the thoughts here. You said it perfectly before, this was in any other context. If those people did not have that blue uniform on, we would all be like saying these people need to be thrown in jail. It literally looks like they're torturing this man, cuz they are. And this is not something we can reform everyone. This is not a system we can reform. Like I mentioned earlier, you cannot train this away. I don't want people to just watch this for shock value and not, you know, turn off their phones and, you know, go about their days. I want people I don't want people to be disincentivized to this type of violence that happens because it'll continue to happen unless we all band together and collectively try to stop this kind of system system of violence. That's right. Like how many times do black people have to suffer and be victimized before we actually say enough is enough? And I also wanna just say that this is a direct violation of this man's eighth amendment rights 
from cruel and unusual punishment. This is completely disgusting and I'm like getting emotional right now because this this is just horrible and I, I, I can't um, fathom that this is a system that you know we continue to allow to happen and thrive in this country. Completely despicable and more people will, I'm so glad that this man didn't lose his life, but it was yep. a strong possibility that he could have. I wanna remind everyone, the man was innocent, innocent. We say in America, you're innocent until proven guilty. It should not even be until proven guilty, it's innocent unless proven guilty. When we say innocent until proven guilty, we are insinuating that you will be proven guilty at some point in the judicial process. No, it's innocent unless you are proven guilty. They did that to an innocent individual. All right. Always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Of course, y'all. So you know you can follow my socials, Miss Lau underscore K1. Also, please follow Let's Unpack on Twitter and Unpack on Instagram. We are running a national campaign of students and young people trying to make democracy work for our generation. So if you're a young person in Wisconsin or Michigan, we are hiring other student organizers. So please check out our website, DM me and apply for a position where you can unpack your campaign and make democracy work for you. So proud of the work that you are doing. I remember when we had you as a guest on the show and I said, we gotta get this sister back to come and be a contributor. You are making us all proud. Thank you for being the leading example of what we all can be. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Richie, and best of luck to you. I know you're gonna win. Oh, bless you, thank you, sister. All right, we got more on the other side. The bullpen is next, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read a couple of comments. Connor said that's sick and flat out torture. It honestly looks like one of those images we saw of prisoners being tortured during Iraq war. Where do you think they got it from? That's right, absolutely. I completely concur. Um, cooking with Miss D, those racist cops really enjoyed hurting that poor man. They did. Now one of them intervened, now one of them said, wait a minute, why would we do this to a restrained man? Okay, maybe he's saying words that we don't like, but he's not a threat to anybody. Let him stay here, he's been drinking, leave him alone. He has to go to court, insane. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Well, he's back, we have Peter Pischke. Peter is host. Of the Happy Warrior Substack and podcast, writes for Federalist, Reason Magazine, New York Daily News, and Spike. We don't hold those things against them here. <laughs> Peter, thank you for being on the show, Thanks. sir. How are you? Excellent. And really great to be back here. Thank you, Dr. Ritchie. Always good to have you, man. All right, we're going to chop it up about what's in the headlines again student loan debt forgiveness. Uh, there has been some movement in the right direction, in my opinion. And then there has been movement in the wrong direction as of recent history. But Overall, overall, I think student loan debt forgiveness is necessary. Now you may disagree. I don't want to presume what you know believe about this topic. So if you would give us your sentiment and I will then opine. I surprisingly partially or, or mostly agree with you um, in theory. Student debt in the United States is a crazy problem. You don't have this problem outside the United States. It's um, looking at the figures for the show, we have about almost 2 trillion now in student debt. That's more than our auto loans and credit cards combined. Other countries do not have this problem. This is a very American problem. Now in theory, 
because the debts are so heavy and because they sit so heavily on the poorest among us in minority communities, I could understand making a case that that is a necessary step. It's like a one-time maneuver, but only if there was significant reforms that people weren't still getting these insane levels of debts. If you were bailing out your basement, you know, a pipe burst, you wanna just start bailing it out if you didn't turn off the water first. You'd be like, what's the point? Well, part of the problem I think with some of these efforts is there's not much being addressed saying, okay, so what are we going to change so that people aren't being charged through the nose when they go to college and that they're getting um, value for the money that they've invested? You know, you and that may have some synergy here uh, because I actually agree with you. I do believe student loan debt forgiveness is a necessary dynamic, but I also believe you gotta fix the problematic issues that led to it in the first place. It's like this, if you agree that a trash can is trashy and you dump the trash, well, good for that day. But if you still put yep. trash inside of the trash can the next day, then this problem is going to come back no matter what. And that's exactly what's happening here. So I agree with the student loan debt forgiveness. I think there needs to be a right now solution. The challenge is that the cost of higher education is too damn high. I'm a college professor, I say it all the time. The cost of higher education is too damn high. Because of that, I refuse to teach at colleges where the education is unaffordable to the average American. So I refuse to teach at those colleges. I may lecture, but I will not teach there as a professor. Now here's the thing, here's the dynamic. It's become very political, dear brother, you know this, Peter, very political. You have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, and others who are completely adversarial to any idea of student loan debt forgiveness. And the reason why this is ironic is because they themselves have benefited from debt forgiveness also. Remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her husband, they benefited from debt forgiveness of $182,000. Also, Mike Pence and Representative Gregory Pence, they too owned antique malls, and in Indiana, organized by Pence, they received about 80,000. Matt Gates, same deal, and the list goes on and on. We have about 13 or 14 known Republicans uh, who are in power or currently in power, adversarial to student loan debt forgiveness while receiving forgiveness through the PPP loan program. Tell me why you think this massive hypocrisy exists with those on the right. It exists in the sense that the leadership don't necessarily believe the things they say, and really they just put their fingers in the wind. And like, what, what do people want me to say right now? That's a that's a long time leadership problem. It's it's prevalent on the right and the left. Um, I think part of the issue too is people aren't totally honest in this debate because um, if you were offered a tax break or if you saw some kind of way to relieve the debt that you have, you'd obviously take it. No one's gonna say no to it. And they're just like, oh, I'm just I'd be a fool not to. So I think people are a little dishonest. Uh, in this conversation because they, they, they don't put it together. I don't think people are entirely wrong to be mad about the idea of student uh, loan forgiveness because many people do pay off their loans and there are lots and lots of people, more people who never went to college altogether. And in a way they are having to help pay for this debt. But the problem is that we have a significant problem. It's not gonna go away and that debt is only going to increase. You know, In the last four years, we have gone from 1.5 to almost 2 trillion. In the last 10 years, we've got, we've doubled from about 1 trillion to 2. That is yeah. only gonna get worse as time goes on. And at the individual level, you have people getting out of college with sometimes $37,000 in debt. A black graduate has over 52,000. There was a great poll when they asked African-American residents and they said, okay, so you went to college, 
Was that a good thing? And they found that 66% of black borrowers regretted having taken out student loans. It's an incredibly broken system and everyone and their mother pushes all the kids to go into college. That's what Americans now do. It's it's a crazy system. Look, I'll put it this way. Donald Trump, when he when he takes his business, he fails and he puts it through bankruptcy. He can do that, right? He's a millionaire, one time billionaire. If I, I have about uh, roughly a hundred thousand student dollars in debt. I'm disabled, so I don't know if I'm ever going to really be able to pull that off. If I had to then go to court and I try to take that debt and uh, put it off with bankruptcy, they say no. That's because right. Because for whatever reason, uh, that seems a reason that seems to benefit uh, everyone that's making oodles of money off of this. You can't discharge that debt, and that's crazy. Anyone hears that and they know that's unjust. You know, it's really interesting and you bring up a great point here, dear brother. There are two debts that cannot be discharged through a bankruptcy filing. Number one, debt due to fraud. And number two, debt due to student loans. Is that not ironic (laughs) that there's a law that says these two debts, no matter what you file, you cannot get remedied from your report. Let me update something for the record. I wanna correct you on the record on something. Sure. Uh, there's this misnomer that most Americans uh, do not go to college. That's actually not true. 61%, actually 61.28% of Americans 25 and over actually have some college. 25 to 30, well, the number increases, that number increases to 66.34%. We're not talking about people who have obtained college degrees, but these individuals who have taken some college. Some college still correlates into typically a higher revenue yield per the lifetime of that individual. The, the challenge is this, it's not the sum college, it's what did you go to college for? So as I said, I'm a college professor, but I'm also Dean of Occupant Medical Institute, which provides skill-based training. These are six month to two year programs that get you work ready, right? They get you good mm-hmm. career jobs, $70,000, $80,000 a year. Those programs don't have the same differential as far as return on investment are concerned because it's a low it's a low investment and you get higher return based on salary but a lot of degrees a lot of subjects do not really pay you money unless you decide to go all the way master doctoral etc so you have the majority of Americans ages 25 to 30 and 30 plus having some college education which also means what dear brother just because they don't have a college degree does not mean they don't have some college debt. Yeah, exactly. So, right, so so I get your point about you gotta fix the system because there's a, a systematic issue, but you also have to cut the cancer. And, and where is the cancer right now? The debt, the debt is so crippling that it's impacting the housing market, is impacting the entrepreneurial market, is impacting the purchasing of a, a, a car market. All of those markets are adversely impacted because people have massive student loan debt. So what would be your solution? If you had a magic wand and you could create a policy, what would the policy be? I would say we would forgive borrowers a significant amount that were unable to make the payments. So if they were disabled or they weren't providing a real income, you know, if there was extenu, I can't talk. <laughs> if there are circumstances beyond their control, you know, where it makes sense. You know, no one is gonna be happy if we start start taking payments for doctors and lawyers that, you know, to take care of their loans. I would also then say that we have to change how we fund education. I like the the growth of ISAs, which are basically agreements that colleges or companies will say, well, we're 
they're going to take this person, they're going to study this thing, we'll pay for it, but when they get done, they come work for us. I like that, um, but the hard things that no one really wants to talk about is, we're probably going to have to change how we give people loans. The federal government probably should stop guaranteeing loans for just everyone. And we should say some people, so like the very poor, like, okay, that makes more sense that because they would have a hard time, harder time getting the loan. But even then you have to be careful. Um, one of the big things, and this is, I think, neither side is being totally honest about because everyone is getting paid. Uh, out the wazoo through the colleges. There must be a real cutback on the colleges. Uh, there's always this talk about that they are underfunded, but that's not true. They aren't underfunded. It's just all the extra funding we've given them the last 20 years have all gone to administrative costs. And in private colleges, administrative costs are equal or sometimes even double. It, it's a major problem. And I think if we really want to solve this issue, all sides will have to be a little uncomfortable. And all sides will have to try to be adults and look at this realistically. But as we've seen with uh, other debt issues that we might have in this country, uh, no one really wants to do that. Yeah, I wanna take the politics out of it. So let's take the politics out. Here's the pure, simple directive. Make sure every state, every state should have an affordable college that's either really low or completely free. I'm a free college advocate. I think college should be free. Uh, but it doesn't mean Harvard has to be free. If you want to go to Harvard, if you if you want to pay money or get scholarship to Harvard, that's fine. But if your state does not have an option for you, that is a problem. An affordable, low cost or no cost option to obtain a degree. The other dynamic is Nixon, when you do the historical review, President Nixon is the one who put this thing on steroids, right? By bringing in Salome. Salome then privatizes, right? You guarantee you back all of these loans. You can literally get 100 to $180,000 at 18 years of age to go to college. But no loan in America will be allocated to you to start a business, right? Can't get that, that's not possible. But they will give it to you, they will guarantee this loan for you to go to school. So here's the thing, what if the loans were backed by the government in subject matters? that paid decent money in the current job market. What would you say to that proposal? I would don't say it's a bad idea. It's I think in many ways it makes sense. The problem is you're gonna have to fight to make it a reality. You're gonna have to fight really hard with schools. One yeah. of the big mistakes that has been made was that they were basically allowing the schools to determine you know, we would basically give students loans for no matter what. And, student, and, and colleges are like, you know, it's really hard to graduate people from engineering. <laughs> so let's let's push them into, so let's put some into some uh, social or liberal arts topic where it's a lot easier to graduate and your degree is basically worthless. <laughs> uh, so that would be an improvement. That would be a, a better change the system. It's hard, you know, the one of the few, one of the really good things that came in the student loan system that we had before 1960 for all other problems was that people would not be giving out loans to students who were going into a program that was never going to pay out. And that was a sort of control we used to have. So you're suggesting control that we kind of bring some of that back, that might work. It's This is a really big and tough subject. Yeah. So it's gonna take a lot of work. The problem is for the most part, we haven't even started with the baby steps considering what needs to happen. Yeah, and I, I do find it fascinating that when President Biden started this, he looked at individuals who had degrees that were worth nothing, but they contextualized it as scam colleges, right? So even if your college was not categorized as a scam institution, you could make a case. You could literally file a petition with the Department of Education and say, 
listen, while my college has no category as a scam, um, I was scammed and I got this degree and I cannot get a job based on this degree. Well, the Department of Education will look at that on a case by case basis. And then President Biden did something similar for individuals with disabilities, right? And it has continued to progress. So it sounds to me that you are in at least partial agreement with Biden's strategy. I still believe we have to tackle the overall cost of higher education, but you are in agreement that something needs to be done, correct? Yes, Biden is using an executive order to do this and that is falling apart a little bit. He just announced this week that many private lenders would not, the debts the students have with them would not be covered under his executive order. There's a bunch of stuff in the courts right now. I think eventually, yes, this is going to happen because a majority yeah. of millennials are now coming out with these huge debts. And as they age through and more and more people have debt, eventually this snowball is going to get so big, it's just gonna happen. It's really just, I think eventually, I don't know how long that will be, but eventually something like mass student debt relief is going to happen. You can only hope though that when it does, it comes with significant deep reforms that really yep. helps people. Because it's it's just messed up what we have done to so many people by saddling them with these crazy debts that are more than many houses that right. People- and and when we say we, we're talking about the federal government. See, if you believe that the federal government was a catalyst to this problematic dynamic, you have to also agree that the federal government must be involved in helping it to be resolved. And on Wednesday, the Department of Education, their website literally said. That there was a way for these private bank loans to be codified under the direct student loan program so that it could be forgiven. And then on Thursday, they changed it quietly, secretly, no press release, no nothing, right? And so now they're saying, well, we can't do that. If you have one of these loans before 2010, that's before President Obama basically changed the law. If you have one of these loans before 2010, you may be SOL. I have a problem with that. Here's my problem the government guaranteed the loan. If the government says to us as citizens, all right, we're going to forgive you as a citizen, that means the government now has an issue with the private bank. They don't want that issue with the private bank because of the private bank lobbyists and all of the interest those private banks are able to influence inside of politics. So I have a challenge with that. But brother, I appreciate you being on the show. We have much more synergy than I thought we would have on this subject. I appreciate you all the time. Can't wait for you to come back. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Richie. I appreciate it too. Absolutely. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.